Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. words may your eye may, may my eyes see your kingdom shining all around may my heart overwhelm with passion for your name may my life be a song revealing who you are for you are salt and light what a beautiful prayer to start 2017 on that we would be passionate that we would reveal Christ that we would glorify our king amen and that as he was salt and light on the earth, that we would be. You know, the Word of God, there's two Greek words that describe the Word of God and how it's read. And one is the Logos Word of God. It's a Greek word called Logos. And Logos means the written Word of God. When we just read the Word of God as it is written, like a book, it's the Logos Word of God. Then the other word for the written word of God is the rhema word of God. And that's when God gets a big highlighter and you're reading the Bible and he just highlights the scripture and it just sticks right out at you and it speaks to your heart and it becomes personal. It becomes revelation and it becomes real to you. Well, this week when I was reading my word, I felt like God got his big highlighter out. And while I was reading the Logos Word of God, He just highlighted this scripture to me that I'm going to share with you in a moment. And I felt like it jumped off the page to me in a prophetic sense. And I felt like He said this, preach this to my church and let my church arise and hear the Word of God and let them be doers of the Word and not just hearers of the Word, but let it go in with revelation and plant a seed in their hearts that will flourish the whole of this year and the years to come. Amen. And it's in Matthew 5, 16, we're going to go there. And here we see in Matthew 5, 16, Jesus has just preached the Sermon on the Mount. He's had all the crowds there. He's done the Beatitudes. And then all that's left with him, he calls those that are closest to himself. You know, when he wants to bring a rhema word of God to you, he will draw you in. It's like, it's like you get drawn in. It's like you get into this place where things go quiet around you, where all of a sudden the atmosphere changes and you're in this sort of sacred place, this holy place with God and He draws you in and then He speaks truth. He whispers truth to you. That's how He brings the rhema, the revelation. And He's in, He's preached the Sermon on the Mount and He calls those that are closest to Him to come close to Him because He wants to tell them something so important, so close to His heart and so important. And He says this, Matthew 5, 13, You are the salt of the earth. Imagine you're sitting there right now. You're sitting on that mountain. Jesus has called you close and Jesus himself is standing and he's speaking to you. You're his close disciples. You're the ones. And he says this, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under feet. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I read this story yesterday and it really moved my heart. It was a a magazine that this man had seen and once carried a series of pictures that depicted one of the saddest stories imaginable. Now just try and use your imagination now. The first picture was of a vast wheat field in Kansas. It was a farm in western Kansas. From horizon to horizon, all you could see was the wheat waving in the wind. The second picture was of a mother in distress inside her farmhouse in the middle of that wheat field. She had a small boy who had somehow wandered away from the house into the wheat field. The little fellow was so small that he couldn't be seen. She couldn't find him. She had searched all day for that little boy and then finally decided that they should call the neighbours who began to search frantically all over the wheat field with no success. They knew the boy was too little to see above the wheat and find his own way out. So the picture showed her in great distress. The third photo depicted all the people who had heard of the little boy being lost. They gathered in the morning joining their hands, hand to hand, and in a great long line of humanity, linked only by their hands, swept from one end of the wheat field to the next. The last picture was a heartbreaker. It was a picture of the father standing over the body of his little son. They had finally found him, but he was dead. It was too late. A cold, cold night had claimed its victim. Underneath the final picture, of a weeping father with these words, Oh God, if we had only joined hands sooner. Jesus said this, The fields are white unto harvest, but the labourers are few, Matthew 9, 3. Oh God, if we had only joined hands sooner. I believe there's a world out there just beyond these walls of lost men, lost women, lost little boys, lost little girls. They're lost in the wheat of the world. They can't find the Father's house. They can't find their way home. They're perishing in their night of sin. And when the cold morning dawns, it's just going to be too late for them. I believe the Lord Jesus here in Matthew 5, 13 to 16 is saying this, join hands. You are the salt and the light. Sweep through the field of the world world, to find all those who are desperately in need of your influence and your message. I don't think that one preacher is going to do it. Gone are the days of the televangelist. Even gone are the days of the big evangelistic crusades and meetings where we used to go, you know, to Youth Alive and hundreds of kids who get saved. No, people aren't responding to that anymore because people want God with skin on. They want a one-to-one encounter. They want people touching them. They want people, real people touching into their world. I don't think one or two can do it. I think it's going to take the whole body of Christ joining hands as salt and light 
and sweeping through the fields of the earth. Amen. You know that salt is useless, really, as far as a single grain. A single grain of salt doesn't really change the flavour of much. But when you've got a whole salt shaker, I mean, I just love that pink rock salt. My doctor, you know, for years I didn't eat salt. I didn't have salt. Because they said, oh, it's bad for blood pressure. It's bad for this. It's bad for that. And then now we're all turning up to the doctors with underactive thyroids because we haven't got enough iodine and salt in our bodies. And my doctor said to me, get some pink rock salt. Drink it. You know, like put it in water and drink it because you are completely salt deficient. You know, I think the body of Christ is salt deficient. And that's because we're trying to do things on our own or we're leaving it up to the preacher man or we're leaving it up to the one man or we're leaving it up to the, you know, the one evangelist. Thank God for people like Todd White, you know, going throughout the earth with his crazy hair and, you know, preaching the gospel and we watch his videos and we get inspired. Go Todd, go Todd, go Todd. But there's only one grain of sand. Can you imagine? If we just got a great big salt shaker and just start to pour it out, salt is useless in one grain. And as far as light's concerned, you need a combination of fluorescence to get any kind of light happening. Amen. We've got to take hands, sweep through the world. And that's the message that Jesus is giving us right now, right here for 2017. It's time. It's time. There are people, children, families lost in that wheat field. And we can't wait till the morning. We can't wait till we're ready. We can't wait till we, it's a good day for us. We can't wait. We need to go get them now. Amen. This is what Jesus is basically saying at this sermon. As a child of the kingdom, he's putting a responsibility on these ones because he drew those that were close to him in to give them his message. He wasn't giving it to the crowd. He wasn't saying this to the crowd because they weren't salt and light. They didn't believe in him yet. But he's saying to us, as a child of the kingdom, here's your job. Sweep through the world as salt and light and make a difference. Jesus is calling us to influence the world for His glory, to find the lost before it's too late. You know, like week after week we sit here, don't we? And we're hearing sermons, we're hearing principles, teachings and qualities that render us effective for God. They should render us effective for God. That bring us into His kingdom, that make us distinct in the world. And now he's saying to us, take what you've learned. Take what you have heard. Take what's been imparted to you and go. Move out into the world with that marvellous distinctiveness. Marvellous distinctiveness. Do you know how distinct you are? Find those that are lost and bring them to Christ. You know, we, we, we were at a great place in our church. Like Phil and I were talking while we were on holidays. You know, I, I just we just love pastoring this church because you're just such a great church of love and community. And, you know, I never hear gossip. I never hear slander. I never hear backbiting. 
it, it's sometimes I pinch myself. And I say, Can you truly be pastoring a church where these things don't happen? And if they do happen, somebody will say, no, we don't do that here. Because we've worked so hard at building a culture of love. We've worked so hard at building a culture of community and family. And it's working and it's beautiful. Amen. <clears throat> but listen, we need to take that. We need to use it because it's not just about what goes on here. It's just not what goes on here in our YAS groups, in our youth group, in our connect groups, even in our dinner parties. It's just not what goes on with us because if we just take the gift that we've been given and we just share it with one another, then we're not salt and light we become ineffective and our salt loses its flavour. It loses its saltiness and it's thrown on the road to be used. You know, that's what they did. If they took salt and the salt wasn't pure, it was mixed with earth or it was mixed with other substances, it wasn't pure salt, they would throw it onto the path. That's all it was good for and it would just kill the grass on the path or any weeds on the path and it would make the path hard for people to walk on. And that's all it was good for, for people to trample underfoot. That's what Jesus was saying. Amen. So it's not just about what goes on here. It's not just about that, although that is amazing and I love it. And we've got to keep that culture and that flavour of love and community. But we cannot just sit in our homes and drink tea together while outside there are people dying in the fields of this world. We cannot turn a blind eye. We cannot have the salt and the light and not share it. Amen. We cannot put something over our light and just say, well, I've got the light, but I'm keeping it to myself. You can't do it. And when we were overseas, we did three months long service leave just recently. And you go, you know, every, every new nation you go into, you face a different culture, a different people group, different foods, different atmospheres but I'm telling you one thing no matter where you go in the world there is one thing that's the same there is a cry in the heart of humanity a cry for truth a cry for salt a cry for light and a cry for a voice that someone would tell us what is going on in this crazy world? You know, when we went to Nice, we, we visited the site of the terrorist attack on the shorefront of the beach in Nice, on the promenade, where, you know, 80 people, 86 people had been mowed down senselessly by a big van. And most of those, I didn't realise, were children. And as I'm there, I'm walking along the promenade, there's just like little teddy bears and little kids' pictures and you know, little poems and, and little stories that the kids had drawn and written. And it's like, and it's just like the whole foreshore of that place is just full of little pictures and, and little, oh. And Phil and I, we couldn't speak. We, we, walk, we walked along there till we just couldn't take it anymore. And I had to sit, I had to sit on the edge of, of, the, of the wall, looking out to the ocean, feeling like I was gonna be sick with, with the cry of humanity. You know, with people saying we're scared now. Nice has changed now. We can't let our kids go to soccer anymore. We can't do this. We can't do that anymore because we're afraid of terrorism. 
If only they knew that there was a Savior, that there is one that can hold their children safe. There is one that can cover us with His love and with His grace. And no matter what we faced, no weapon forged against us shall prosper because we are under covenant. We're in covenant with God. We have this truth. We have this light. We have this salt. It's so easy to just give it away. You know, I was just at the shop the other day and there was a lady there that was going, I was doing dancing the year before last. And there was a lady, an older lady there that was, you know, there. And I just bumped into her and I was in a hurry. I wanted to do my shopping. How many you know, people know, women especially, you've got things on your mind, you've got a shopping list in your head. I haven't got time to talk to you, lady. Like, I'll just say hi and I'm out of here, you know. We do that, don't we? We're just human and I'm human too. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm clocked off. I'm not at work right now. I'm, you know, I'm going to get my shopping. But this lady, and I was standing there talking to her, I'm trying to, you know, okay, great. <laughs> I'm doing these ones. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, what if this is her moment right now and you're more worried about your shopping than you are about this life? And I just ask her, how's life going with you? Oh, I've just broken up with my second husband. It's not so good. We got talking. Why don't you come to church? I mean, there's a community of women there at church that would love on you. There's people that are going through marriage breakups that understand what you're going through, that can partner with you. She said to me, you know what? My father used to say to me this, and it's never gone out of my mind. A little bit of religion never hurt anybody. And I said, well, come and get a little bit of religion and a bit of love while you're at it. She said, I'm coming. You know, it takes a few moments. I gave her a hug, gave her a kiss, treated her like she was an important part of my day and my world because I became salt and light right at that moment in Jesus' name. You know, we disciple each other, we pray for each other, we counsel each other, we talk to each other. But the fact is we're always in danger that we don't link hands and sweep through the world. The Lord is saying there's something that we have to do. It's emphatic. Who knows what emphatic means? I had to use that word. I got Phil to look it up for me. I said, I need a really strong word. It's emphatic. This is serious. This is like a bold statement. We are the only salt. We are the only light. There is no one else. If we don't go, who does? Hey? I know sometimes I look at the washing up in my house and I just think, I'm sure Gemma will come out and do it any minute now. Well, maybe Phil, he might just, someone's going to do it. And you know what? 11 o'clock at night, you look at that sink and you go, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. No one else is going to do it. Not that Phil doesn't wash up. He does. He's amazing. And Gemma does. Maybe every 10 years. She's away overseas. I can say that right now. She's turning 21. Maybe she'll learn to wash up. The dishwasher just broke down. (laughs) She's going to come back. She's going to have to do it. Praise Jesus. You know, we've got to get out of this mindset. If I don't do it, somebody else will. Oh, Pastor Julie, she'll go and talk to people. Pastor Philly's always talking to people. You know, that Dave Thomas, you know, he's out there. He's amongst it. Dave and Trish, I mean, it's amazing, you know, that they're using that tragedy of losing their child to go out 
and be salt and light in the world. You know, hats off to you guys. Man, how many people have you impacted? Because you took that and you said, okay, let's get out there and let's just raise money and awareness for people that are losing babies and people join forces and they've got unchurched, unsaved people, people that have never heard the gospel are responding to this couple because they decide to use their tragedy for salt and for light rather than just inwardly going, we'll just stay at home, you'll come around and pray for us and we'll just stay in our grief and you know, we're not going to share this with anyone. They said, no, we're going to use this for salt and for light in the world. When you need salt, you have decay. Is that right? When you need salt, that means that we have decay. And where we need light, that means there is darkness. Jesus saying you're living in a decadent, dark world and we've got to be different. We just got to be different. We can't affect the world unless we're different. Amen? We can't blend in. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We can't blend in. You can't just be a peacemaker and just agree with everyone and agree with everything that's going on. You have to be salt and light and stick with your own convictions, amen? And be different. Our lives have to be different. Our homes have to be different. Our relationships have to be different. Our kids have to be different. I mean, all kids chuck patties. It's all right. Mine did too. But the way that we handle that, the way that we're in the public eye and we don't lose it and scream at our kids. And I mean, I have gone, I have gone to the front counter years ago and said, where is your wooden spoon department? And my kid's like, you know, I have. And I said it quite strongly. But I've never lost it in public at my kids. Because I think we, we are salt and we're light. We have to be different. Our world is a desperate world. We can't stop preaching just to try and please people, amen? We can't be quiet. We can't get shut down. You know, we can't be pacifists. We can't agree with everything. We have to have a voice. You know, Donald Trump said, if the Christians of this world got together and just spoke, we would change society but we're too scared to speak because we'll offend someone. We're too scared to speak because of this reason or that reason. But I'm telling you this, salt, it's got a bit of a sting to it if you put it on a wound. Who knows that? Oh, we were in, in Africa, in the Congo. And so this pastor, we're doing a pastor's seminar. There's about 44 pastors from different churches there. And Garth and Pastor Phil and I were all preaching there. And so after the service, the pastor wanted to show us his house. I mean, it's just like dirt floors, you know, kind of mud hut sort of situation. But he's building up floors and he's gone up four stories. So he says, you've got to see it. It's not finished yet. It's all scaffolding and everything, but you've got to see it. So we you know, squeeze through these little mud doors and we go up the first layer and it feels a little bit rocky, but it's okay. It's all good. And then he says, come on, you've got to see where I'm going to have the Bible college. And we go up to the next level and it's a little bit rockier. And Okay, yeah, can we go down now, Pastor? No, you've got to go up further. Pastor, you've got to see what I'm building. He was so desperate, this man. He's been pastoring 25 years. He was so desperate for someone to pat him on the back, say, good job. Well, we'll do that. We're going to go all the way to the top. And um, Pastor Phil, he just said, I'm going to have a look around here, you know, just have a, on this level. The Bible college, yeah, I'm interested in that. And Garth and I went up. 
And so Garth's standing on up the top floor. There's no floor. It's just all like pieces of wood and beams and you have to balance on the beams like this and it's four stories straight down. And we're balancing on these beams like this and the next minute one of the beams just gives out under Garth. Crunch. And he's gone down the hole. One foot sticking out, one arm sticking out. And I grab the foot and the arm. Lucky he's only a little fella. It's my son-in-law, by the way. I can say that. He has been working out though. He has been. He's got three muscles. I can prove it. And then I grabbed his arm and his leg and I just heaved him out. Supernatural strength. Heaved him out of that hole and put him back on safe ground. Four stories straight down. Anyway, his, his whole leg grazed, bleeding, his arms bleeding. So the pastor says, oh, I better take you downstairs. He's still trying to show us the Bible college. Take you downstairs. Anyway, so his wife, who doesn't speak a word of English, and her, her hands, her fingernails are black, and she's like filthy. And she goes, oh, hey, in African, that means I know how to fix it. She got a big bag of salt. Yeah. And she gets the, the, the deacon to hold the salt bag. And she says, and she just gets the salt with her filthy, dirty hands. She starts rubbing it in to Garth. And she's pushing it in. And, she, and, and Garth, he's a wimp at best of times, honestly. He really is. He doesn't tolerate pain. And he's going, it's like, it's killing me. He's going red in the face. He's steaming. You know, he wanted to punch her out. He really did. You know, that salt had an effect on him. Where he wanted to react to that salt. But what he didn't realise that it was doing him a whole bunch of good. And I'm telling you, even with that woman's dirty hands, even with all the germs that were in that place, even with all those grazes and cuts on him and the rusty stuff that he would have scraped along, that salt healed his body. But it really stung at first. You know, people are going to react to you. They're going to want to punch you out. But you've got to keep rubbing the salt in. Because you're going to know, hey, it's not whether you like me or not. It's not about me, see. It's about your eternal life. It's about you. It's about the fact that I've got to get you there. And even if you don't like me anymore, even if you bark at me, even if you yell at me, even if you throw things at me, I'm going to keep rubbing this salt in because it's doing you good. Amen. Salt stings sometimes. It's good. You are the salt. Say, I am the salt. I am the light. If you don't do it, nobody else will. Say, if I don't do it, Nobody else will. Amen. The washing up still sitting there. Let's look closely at these symbols. Salt speaks of influence. So salt is your silent testimony. It's your influence, right? It's your character. It is our, it is our moving through the world and affecting it with our very life. Who knows that? You know, there's a lot of people that just say, I know there's an old saying that says, you know, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. Well, that's salt. You know, people just see my life and they just know that I'm different and therefore somehow in the ethos, they're going to understand that that's God and they're going to get saved. It's all going to be wonderful. Salt is a silent testimony of a person's character and it makes people hungry and wonder. Amen? 
Salt has four functions. Number one, purity. Number two, flavour. Number three, thirst. It makes thirsty. It makes you thirsty if you eat salt. And four, preservation. Number one, we are to be pure, glistening white against the darkness of this world. Purity. Number two, we are to flavour life with the wonder of God's presence among us. Flavour. Number three, we are to create a thirst for Christ by the very way we live. Thirst. Number four, we are to be a preservative in the world to retard the spread of its corruption. If it weren't for Christians in the world, it would be far more corrupt than it is now. We are to preserve it. Preservation. It's wonderful to think of the fact that God can turn around a whole nation, a whole world, even a life by using us. You know, God uses simple things. God uses simple things. Amen. That's what I said about Donald Trump. God uses the foolish things to dumbfound the wise. He really does. He's doing something. He's showing the world that he's in control and that, you know, all he needs is a puppet. Amen. He can use the simple things. When he created man, when he created woman, he didn't use silver. He didn't use gold. He didn't use precious stones. He used dirt. He used dirt. He used the simple things to make you and use you for His purposes. But it's, it's one thing to be salt and to be an influence and to be a silent testimony. But then Jesus didn't just mention you are salt. He mentioned you are light. So we come to the second part of what He's speaking. It says light. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. We're moving to another thought here. Salt and light balance each other in this sense. Salt is hidden. You don't see it at all. It just melts away into whatever it flavours or preserves. It works secretly to preserve from the inside out. But light shines on the outside and light is open and working and visible. In other words, salt is the influence of Christian character. It is quiet, but very powerful. Light is the communication of the content of the gospel. So here we have, we have two sides. On one hand, we live it. On the other hand, we preach it. One hand, we live it. On the other hand, we preach it. Amen. Um, on one hand, from the inside, we affect today's society's thinking and living by the power of our lives. And on the other hand, we turn on the light so that everyone can see the message we want to give. We're not to be just a subtle influence like salt, but we, we are to be a very open and blatant influence like light. You see, salt can't change corruption into incorruption. Listen to me. Salt can't change corruption into incorruption. Salt can only retard the corruption. It's only a negative function. Salt only holds back corruption. We have to turn on the light of the gospel to transform that corruption into incorruption. It's the only way we can do it. Amen. Verse 16, let your light shine before men so that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. First of all, they see our good works and that's great. 
Amen? But secondly, they glorify our Father in heaven. If they're glorifying our Father in heaven, then they must have heard about Him. So there has to be a seeing of the works and then a speaking of the message. Amen? It implies both life and message are lived and spoken. John 1, 9 says that Christ is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. He is the only true light, but we are the reflectors of that light. We represent Him. We reflect Him. We turn the light on. You know, years ago, we were ministering to people that were coming out of occult situations and they were very heavily into the occult. And they, would, they said to me one day, do you know what it's like? When you're heavily in darkness, when you're heavily in the occult and you you sense that a Christian is walking towards you on the road, you are blinded by their light. Even the most minuscule Christian who's not hardly living for Christ blinds you. You have to cross over the road and walk on the other side of the road. But if a Christian who's living for Christ enters that street, you cannot stay on that street or in that neighbourhood. The light is too blinding. It almost kills you to stay in that light. We are the light of the world. We need to turn the light on. We need to take off the bushels and, and show that light. Amen. We are the reflectors of that light. You know, we here at C3 Church, it's wonderful. Having community is wonderful. It's rich and exciting. But sooner or later, we have to be a light to the world. We have to be salt in the earth. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, God, who also ordered the light to shine in the darkness, has flooded our hearts with His light. The beginning of the verse in 16 says, let your light shine. Now listen, let your light shine. It says, let your light shine. It doesn't say, trump it up, turn it on, crank it up, work hard at it, and then your light will shine. Pray in tongues for 20 hours that night and then you can get up and your light will shine because the light is there. It's the light of Christ. It doesn't need turning on, it's already on. It doesn't need cranking up. It's already bright enough to illuminate the world. All it needs is for you to take the cover off. All it needs is for you to take the lampshade off your head and let the light shine, amen? And don't hide it under a bushel. The light is already there. Doesn't matter if you've been a Christian five seconds or 50 years, the light of Christ is in you and He wants to shine out through you. It's Christ who lives in you. Do not put it under a bushel. It may be a basket that you put over your head of fear, of wanting to be accepted, not wanting to offend or make waves or whatever it is. Take it off in 2017. It's time to take it off. It's time to let the light of Christ. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. We have to be a light. We can't put it out. You can't put it out. You just have to let it shine. Hallelujah. Let it shine before men in the presence of those who hate you, reject you, those that walk away from you. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let them see the beauty of your works. Let them see your consistent love in the face of adversity. Let it shine. 
You know, when you hide your testimony, you're not doing anything but preventing someone from seeing the beauty of God Himself. You're actually saying to that person, I'm not shining my light to you because I'm not going to show you the beauty of God Himself. I'm not going to give you the opportunity of meeting the one who's transformed my life, who's changed me. I'm keeping my storage myself. I'm keeping my testimony. I'm going to be a secret Christian. No, we're not a secret society. We are a light on a hill. We are the salts of the earth. Amen. And the testimony, your testimony is the story of God Himself wanting to reach out to a hurting and a dying world. Salt and light. It was a very simple message. Jesus pulled them to Himself. said, I'm going to give you something so profound yet so simple. You are salt and light. It's a simple message. They needed to hear it 2,000 years ago. We need to hear it again and again and again and again until we get it. There's a wheat field out there. And the wheat is too tall for people who are lost to see the Father's house. We have to join our hands and go from one end of the field to the other before it's too late. If you were to die tomorrow, what would be said of you? Did you make a difference in the world? Were you salt? Will you light? Oh Lord, may we be salt that is salty and light that is manifest. May we be a city on a hill. May we let our light so shine that men will see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Deliver us from the sins that would render us tasteless and useless, but to be thrown on the road and walked on. Deliver us from the fear and the pride and the exaltation of self that makes us put put you, our lights, under a bushel. Help us to live the way that you want us to live to make a difference in this world. I think God is going to call us in these days ahead. He's calling us. Can you hear Him? Can you hear Him calling? He's calling us to step out of our comfort zones. Time is short. They're out there. The fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. This morning, we need to put our hands up. I listened to this song last night and the words just hit me. And it was like, it's like a song. It was like the heart cry of humanity. The song says this, Imagine humanity crying out this. I'm looking for a saviour. I can see and know and touch one who dwells within the midst of us. May your broken God be known in the earth beneath our feet. May our souls behold humility. It's time for us to humble ourselves. It's time for us to put our hand up. It's time for us to take the bushel off. It's time for us to let the light shine. It's time for us to be the salt of the earth. It's time for us to remove ourselves. It's time for us to invite people into our connect groups, invite people to our dinner parties. It's time to talk to the lady at the shopping center. It's time to sit with that mom at playgroup and build a conversation. It's time to go out into the world and bring in a harvest. Listen to what this says in my closing. This is in the Message Bible. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 13 to 16 in the message. Let me tell you why you are here. Do you think that you're here? Listen, do you think you're here just to have barbecues with your friends, to have a nice house and a white picket fence, to live your life in the glory of God and be happy? Jesus is saying this, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. 
bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you up here on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.